Clubhouse bonus episode, Alternative Professional Development Options for Teachers. Hey, Elite Educators, it's Gretchen here from Always a Lesson. I'm popping in here with a super exciting bonus episode. I have been leading chats on the Clubhouse app, which is an audio conversation platform for months now. I created the Instructional Coaching Club on Clubhouse, and I lead those chats Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, so I sure hope you join us. But if not, drumroll please, you can catch the replay right here. How cool is that? This is a new feature Clubhouse has rolled out, so the past chats we've held are not recorded. It's such a bummer. However, going forward, I will be sharing the replay with you here. Even more professional support for you on your edgy leadership journey. So let's dive into the convo. Hey, Regina. Good to see you. I am just starting to ping some folks in. Kimberly. Hey, Kim. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Um, How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm excited to chat tonight, and it's good to have you on the app. Um, like I mentioned in chatting with you before, folks kind of come in and go, and they catch the replay and stuff. So we are just going to dive in, and while you're talking, I'll go ahead and ping some other educators in. But why don't you share a little bit about your background and why you decided that this might be a good topic to talk about tonight? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Kimberly Holt, and right now I'm currently an assistant principal in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, in previous my previous job, I was an instructional coach for social studies and English, and I've been in education for, let's see, about 16 years now. And so I thought that this was important because in my school, we have mandatory PD. So we have it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Our teachers are paid for it, but it just seems to be um, not a PD, but more of like a meeting where we kind of just share things that have to be completed and done. And so I thought that if we had like PDs with this specific, you know, like alternative format that teachers may have more buy-in. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm going to make you a moderator and then I'm going to put you on mute just to help. Let's see. Here we go. Moderator and mute. Okay. Uh, I agree with you because here's the thing with professional development, schools have to have that, right? Hey, Inga. And in order to make sure teachers keep their license current, it's essential for admin to say, we provide ongoing opportunities. Here they are. They have to assign credit hours to them and then they have to provide it, right? Hey, Christina. And hey, Deborah, didn't even see you there. So yeah, we are all on board that this needs to happen. And the way it's been going is probably one of those old archaic systems, something that it's been time to change the way we do PD. Like you mentioned, it's become kind of a meeting. And in doing so, teachers are doing other things during the meeting and the things that are shared during the meeting aren't really moving the needle forward yet. We continue, hey, Catherine, to keep doing it. <laughs> and so because COVID has forced us to reprioritize what we're doing in education and how we're doing it, and now with the staffing issues, 
as a result of COVID, it's really forced us to get rid of all the extras and hone in on what are the essential things that we are going to focus on this year or that we're going to be doing as part of our daily audit and what is unnecessary, what can be put on pause. And so when professional development came up as what are we doing with this? Are we going to keep the way it's working? And a lot of teachers are speaking up and saying, listen, it's not that we don't want to stay current. It's not that we don't want to learn, but when we are so overwhelmed and overworked, our brains can't even take in new learning because they are, we're putting out daily fires and we're dealing with the emotional issues of our families in quarantine or in the hospital or our loved ones are sick or whatever it might be. There are so many layers that are preventing teachers from actually being ready to learn. And then if we're saying the only way to measure if a teacher is learning is by sitting in a seat for one hour to get one credit, hey, Marnie, then this is really not ever going to translate to better practices in classrooms. Why? Number one, sitting for an hour does not equate to an hour of learning. We know that. We can sit and talk to kids all day for an hour and they might have learned five minutes worth because it's the way it's being presented. Number two, we're not sharing with them some new tangible strategy to learn in the classroom. We're telling them about updates um, of school events or new policy changes or yada yada. And the pushback there is, well, folks would just read their emails. We wouldn't have to spend our together time doing this. And we'll get into some options a little bit later of how to deal with that. But the point here in saying all this is it's not working. And if we truly believe that professional development leads to stronger teachers who then impact students to be more successful, which I think we all in this room agree that that happens, then we have to actually create learning opportunities. That means when teachers are in a learning professional development session, that they are interactive, that they've got lesson plans in front of them, that they're writing all over, or that they're in collaborative groups hashing out different ideas, or they're standing up and practicing in front of each other. It should come alive. It should be a practice. It should be, let me share with you this new strategy. I'll demonstrate it. We'll, we'll practice and talk um, all the different ways you can do it. And then you're implementing it so that when you actually go in the classroom, you do it. And so I feel like I'm getting a little bit on my soapbox, but I just want to give us some reference uh, as to where PD has started, where it is going, which is not very far from where it started, <laughs> and how now is the opportunity to make all the tweaks and changes because we are forced to look at everything we're doing and say, is this necessary? Now, by law, we have to provide PD, but we don't have to force it to be an hour of sit and get. So what might it look like? And so Kim and I have put together some ideas of alternative ways where teachers can learn on an ongoing basis, but that is more actionable as more bite-sized instead of a long hour. It's short and sweet to the point and maybe even more often than regular so that we acknowledge you have a lot on your plate. You don't have a lot of time. You also 
don't have a lot of brain capacity for new learning right now because of everything you're dealing with. So I'll give you a spoonful, go implement it and come back for another spoonful when you're ready. So Kim, is there anything you want to add on to my long rant there about PD? Well, I was thinking about when you said the the whole part about, you know, being able to practice um, during that PD time. So I was thinking about like, you know, the whole observation, the coaching thing, and you go to a classroom and you observe a teacher. And then after that, you have to use their prep time to kind of walk through, you know, the coaching steps. So I was thinking like, why not use that PD time, you know, to actually do that instead of, like you said, just passing around things that have to be done and when they're due. So that's what I was kind of thinking about. Yeah. I love it. I, I love that you guys are already clipping different uh, sections of our, of our chat tonight. That's that little scissors at the bottom. If there's something that you thought was good, you can, it actually replays a section of it. So that's a really cool feature. Speaking of features at the bottom, you can raise your hand and you can come up and chat or that little airplane, you can type in if you've got a question or you have a suggestion, because we're going to be sharing different ways to do it. Uh, this is interactive and we're excited to share some of the things we think, but we'd love to hear from you as well. Many of you guys are, are veterans here too, so you should feel comfortable enough for, to come on up and chat. So with that, Kim, what strategy do you think has been most successful in terms of PD delivery that you have seen during this COVID era? Um, the most successful thing that I've seen so far is, well, me and my principal, what we'll do is we'll sit down and we'll kind of like come up with the plan for PD. Usually we try to do everything, it's an hour, so we try to do everything either on the front or the back end. So we'll give the teachers like 30 minutes to kind of go and do, you know, whatever they need to do as far as, you know, education is concerned. And then at the end, we'll kind of like have a short, like little debrief. And we usually do it like in the hallway for 15 minutes. And we kind of do like a, a huddle, kind of like a PD huddle. So we just kind of stand around, talk, explain, you know, the things to meet, the things that we need to get done in the school and then we kind of go from that point. So that has been more successful. I've seen a lot of teacher buy-in with that. But then on the other hand, it's kind of like we're, we're not seeing the things that we're asking to be implemented too, if, if that makes sense. So that's interesting. That's kind of a two-parter and I'll go ahead and address as best I can. But the huddle is a fantastic way to do a micro PD. And I'm even thinking this is going to be a way that we can bring in teacher leadership. So I'm thinking I would probably bring in uh, grade level chairs or department chairs or whatever. We would chat through uh, our focus for the month or our teaching strategy that we are, are thinking is really going to impact students the strongest and chat about what, what this looks like. Maybe we come up with a few options. And then that teacher leader then goes and does a huddle with all their teachers. And it could be five, 10 minutes with a quick demo, a quick practice, Q&A, and go give it a whirl. Like it doesn't have to be so here's guided notes, here's my PowerPoint, let's practice for three rounds. Like it could just be that authentic and, and in the moment and now give it a whirl in this lesson. Uh, 
And then you as the coach could come on the back end of that and say, hey, did you have your huddle with your team lead this last week? How did it go? What are you thinking you might be able to do with an upcoming lesson? Can I help you plan it in your lesson? Do you want to um, demo it for me? Do you want me to model a different way? Uh, and open the conversation and the coaching cycle that way. But it doesn't always have to be us leading PD. And especially if we do PD huddles, we can't be all over the place. And it is really helpful for the buying and the motivation when it's peer led. So that would be a, an additional suggestion there. Now, in terms of your pushback, Kim, on the actual implementation, I think this is an ongoing issue with PD is that teachers are learning, they like what they hear, and then there's the gap, the get it, do it gap, meaning they get it, they understand it, but they can't go do it yet. And why is that? Well, we haven't had enough time for that implementation to take place, meaning we didn't script it into a lesson plan. We didn't talk through what it's going to look like. We didn't have a chance to get uh, feedback from our peers or maybe a coach. And so because we just share it and then we assume sending them off, they're going to do it, that's resulting in either low participation in implementing it or it just doesn't go well when they do try it. So these PD huddles might help that it's very focused rather than like, for example, guided reading, let's do a whole hour PD on guided reading. Maybe the huddle is one tiny portion. So it, in a teacher's brain, they're able to wrap their head around it quickly. They can chat right there in their team about what this is gonna look like with specific kids in mind. And then you coming as the coach a few days later after they've had a chance to take some risks and maybe it bombed or maybe it was great and then they tweaked it from there, you're then able to help shape it up and maybe add on a layer or an additional strategy or something. So I think that might help increase the likelihood people do it and kind of take the mental load off of having to know so many facets of an idea. It's just micro PD. Kim, what do you think about that? I definitely agree. I like the part when you say get it, do it gap. I've never thought of it like that, but I really like that part. But I definitely um, I definitely would have to agree um, that there is that gap um, and that um, those steps that you gave, I really thought that were really good for, you know, implementation, making sure that, you know, they actually practicing and then coming back and giving you that information. So I definitely think that that was really, really good. And I really like that peer led PD because in it, it also empowers the teacher too. So it's not like the assistant principal or, or the principal have to be sage on the stage. You know, we have to do everything. It's kind of like giving them ownership of, you know, some of the happenings in the school as far as education is concerned. So I definitely um, agree with both of those. Yeah, and I think that's one piece that's really missing in our culture right now is, well, the buy-in, but really the heart of buy-in makes teachers feel like, do I have a voice here? Are you actually helping me in an area I need help? Are you listening to my suggestions? Are you up to date on the realities of what I'm facing? And so the fact that we could pass the baton of other people leading this PD huddle, I think, might really eliminate 
some of those feelings of top down approach, or you're just talking at me, or I'm just doing this to get my one hour credit for my license. You know, it really becomes an opportunity to learn, which is what PD is supposed to be about. And we should honestly keep iterating the way we deliver PD as times change and as we have different colleagues join our staff. I mean, it really needs to be what's best for the adult learners in the classroom and not just some an item on a checklist. So with that, Catherine, I love that you raised your hand and wanted to share something. So go ahead and explain a little bit about your role in literacy and what question or suggestion you have. Yeah, um, can you hear me? Yes, you're good to go. Hello? Okay, perfect. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, my name is Catherine. I uh, was a literacy coach in my previous school, and now I'm back in the classroom in fourth grade, um, and I serve as a literacy lead for the um, for the elementary school at my new school. So it's uh, it's a really exciting. Um, both are very exciting roles. I love being back in the classroom, and as and as well, you know, leading. Um, you know, the revision of literacy curriculum and, um, you know, having a little bit of impact there with other of my colleagues. So, um, yeah, I just love the, what you said about making PD like very tangible and, and you know, those kind of like macro PDs um, and doing uh, instead of just like giving teachers things to to do, but doing it right there and then, uh, and you know, with students in mind, and it kind of like, and and I liked what you said about, um, you know, uh, we are in the time at a time where it's important for us to, you know, weed out the things, the extras, um, because everybody is like, uh, everybody is like so stressed out and not not in their best space to be learning yet especially in the middle of this pandemic. So um, so it just kind of like made me uh, think about, well, isn't that what, you know, it's kind of like going back to the roots of what good PD is, right? Like instead of like adding fluff to what we know works best, it's kind of like going back to, um, you know, what do we know that, what, what do we, what do we think and what our teachers are telling us that they need in this moment so that we're able to support them. Um, and in that um, vibe, I would say um, something that my, uh, our grade level coach has done this last semester. Uh, she coached us as a team. And I've never, even as a, as a coach uh, in my previous role, I never coached a team, and I know that that comes with a different set of um, of challenges and rewards. Um, and I thought, uh, well, let's give it a try last semester. And she coached us through a, a student-led cycle uh, on uh, literacy. So it was so it, she so we were we had really um, specific goals for our students, and we wanted to see in the nonfiction unit that we were teaching and some skills that we wanted to see improving. So uh, it was very lean. It was like a lean uh, coaching cycle. Um, but I felt like even though I wasn't necessarily learning something new, it as a teacher, it reminded me of the importance of taking the time to sit down 
and look at my data very quick, uh, very efficiently or, or being more intentional at it as I am conferring with students, as I'm uh, preparing my um, small groups. So it wasn't necessarily like new learning for me it, it, as a part of the team, maybe it's other of other of my teammates would say like, yeah, I learned this or, you know, I learned that. Um, but I felt like for me, it was just a good way to remind me of good practices, you know, of things that I had probably not been paying attention as much. So, and, and I feel like that is, that is great outcome of a learning co of, of, a, of a coaching cycle. So just wanted to share that, uh, maybe as a, a, another kind of PD alternative for teachers that might not be as intensive as one-on-one, but I feel, I, I still feel that it was super valuable. Um, so yeah, this is Catherine and done speaking. Thank you for sharing that perspective. Congratulations on being back in the classroom. I think that's always so helpful as a leader to not get too far and for sharing that strategy of group coaching, which I don't think we talk about enough in schools. We might have to dedicate a whole um, future chat about that, but I, I agree. I think the fact that you're able to be hands-on without being intensive, which would be a more one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship, would be another great way to get some PD in there. You're personalizing the, to the grade level or people with common struggles, but it's not as intense of a cycle one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. So I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you. Welcome to the stage, Inga. Happy to see you. How are you, my friend? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> do you want to share suggestions or ask a question? I do. I just had one suggestion. I love the 15-minute huddle idea, and I also love the coaching in groups, um, team coaching idea. So thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to say, we talked about uh, grade-level chairs, um, perhaps re delivering some of the PDs, but we we did a instructional leadership team, which they're not all our grade level chairs. They, they're just um, teachers who have aspirations of leading. Some of them want to become coaches one day. And so we form like a little team. We have um, leadership team meetings, but they're not really the actual leadership team. But whenever we have um, any PD opportunities if we want to do differentiated PD and it's not I'm only I'm the only coach there and so we might pull on a couple of them to lead a PD session so I just wanted to share that idea as another alternative for finding your leaders in the school that may be able to help with those huddles or deliver PDs um, having an instructional leadership team yeah. And I think the coach could even help put that together. I know admin are a little overwhelmed right now, but if you do know that there are folks in your building who want additional leadership opportunities and are willing to go above and beyond the job description, if you know there's not some money set aside to be part of it, and you just meet monthly to discuss what your focus is for the growth and development of teachers and how you can all support, and it gives more teacher voice and like Inga's saying, it doesn't have to be every single grade level or department chair, but it could be just a handful of folks who are willing to do it. And you could pilot it and get it going and figure out the nitty gritty and then next year really run with it. So that was a good suggestion for how to pass the leadership baton to our teachers rather than us having to lead all the different huddles. And 
I will say if teachers love it and they want to continue huddling without any formal direction from us or a, a strategy in mind, I mean, go, go for it. If that's how you're going to learn and implement and collaborate, go for it. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I want to push us to our next strategy, which is a PLC and a PD mashup. And so it might look like they come with some data points. So let's say I know as the coach, I want to work on student engagement. So leading up to our PLC, I'll send an email to the team and I'll say, I want you to start taking some informal data on the engagement of your students. And we're going to focus on engagement with the content, engagement with their peers, and then engagement with you, the teacher. So make yourself a three column chart and just note how often students are engaging in these ways. And engagement could be something small as a quick comment or head nod or something where they're rephrasing an idea or sharing um, their own experiences. And so they'll come ready with their pre-work. And then when I sit in this PLC, instead of data digging and going through the normal PLC routine, which is great, I'm just saying this is an alternative, we can then share whatever the engagement strategy or focus is going to be, look at the data and say, where in that lesson or the sequence of lessons would it have been helpful could we get more engagement in all three columns or could we have bumped up the percentage of students engaging? And now that we've thought about what it looked like this past week, let's look forward at our next lesson and where can we plug and play this new strategy? And then off you go. And teachers might feel like, okay, this is a very focused, honed in, PLC, but it's not our normal where we discuss all the things and all the students and differentiation, whatever might be on your list during a PLC, but it might be a quick chance to slide in some of professional development while also honoring why you come together to do um, some PLC work as a team. So Kim, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I like that idea. Um, we've never tried that POCs, PD mashups, <laughs> but I definitely think that's something that we could um, definitely implement at our school. And I was really thinking about what Inga said, you know, about pulling in those um, other people in the school who may want to be in leadership in whatever capacity that may be um, to kind of support us around PDs and using them as like a PD alternative. Like I know we have like an instructional team and ours consists of like a student support person. We have a dean of engagement, myself, and then we have an assistant principal of our K through four. And so I was thinking that um, we can kind of like push our dean and our student support service person to kind of share, you know, in PD. So it's not so much of us just giving all the information and talking. So yeah, I definitely like that idea. Yeah, let's leverage the talent in our building, whether someone has a title or not, or if they do, how can we get them more involved? We as instructional coaches have the ability to still plan the scope and sequence of learning for teachers, but it doesn't always mean we have to lead it. We can pass it off to somebody else as long as we brief them on our expectations and make sure they feel good about what it is. And 
utilize these these folks. There's a lot of people right now whose schedules look different in a school building because they're just trying to fill in and help where they can and their other duties have been paused. And this might be a great idea for them to get their roll up their sleeves and get in there with teachers. And speaking of that, if you haven't already asked teachers, what are your needs in terms of what are you feeling you're struggling with in terms of students or content um, delivery or what have you? Make sure it's a very pointed question or you're going to get a laundry list of the woes of the educator right now. But it would be helpful to get their perspective. And speaking of passing the baton, maybe you give that to your ILT, that's that smaller team that Inga was talking about, and they can go out and ask their colleagues, uh, if we had to pick our top three areas that we want to grow in, what would they be? And we can design these micro PD options around them. Now, you will still have what your district, your state, or even your school tells you this is what you're working on. But knowing these are short and sweet and now personalized because you've got teacher input, that can be a great way to plug and play. And you could just do a quick menu. And a lot of you have uh, coaching menus, but if you don't have a PD menu, meaning teachers can choose like on a bingo board, the way they want to learn about a particular topic, whether it's a quick video and then they write down their next steps and you come observe or however they prefer to do that. Your PD menu could even be smaller than the bingo board. It could be three options that you give them for the week or for the month that they get to do their own on their own time professional learning. And there's going to have to be some sort of accountability piece to ensure that we're compliant with what the state requires. But having a PD menu allows teachers to have choice. And so that might be the opportunity where you take their input of what they want to learn and put it on the menu. And then when you're meeting with them, maybe you do what the, the school tells you to do or what have you. So you could have a mixed bag. You don't have to pick one of these alternatives. You could have options going on all the time. And you might feel like, wow, folks are really more invested than they're learning than ever before. And it's because it's manageable and it's applicable and it's enjoyable because it's about stuff that they want to learn. So that is the option there as well. Kim, what do you think? I definitely agree. I was kind of thinking though, um, we've tried to like give those um, options. And what if you just have teachers who are just like, not willing to give that input, you know, like, um, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, but we definitely have some teachers who don't want to give their input as far as it pertains to like professional development, things that they want to learn. It's almost like sometimes I kind of feel like they just want to get through the PD just to get out and go home or whatever and do what they want to do. So I guess my question is like, how do you gain that buy-in in that PD? Good question. Before I answer, I just want to say hey to a few people, Jojo and Lisa and Cynthia and Maria. Sorry, I skipped saying my hellos there. Okay, so Kim, when folks are are wanting to put up that wall in between them as learner, meaning they want to be passive, they want to show up, check it off the list, show that they've attended. Meanwhile, they're doing the grocery list or whatever. That's culture issue. 
we want to make sure as instructional coaches, we are building the excitement for the learning. We're always connecting the how and the what, meaning they see the value of how this helps them become stronger in the classroom, helps kids learn better, how it translates to life skills and so forth. And so we can be reflective as leaders and say, how well are we doing that? And are we connecting with these teachers who are not really invested in this process and are checked out from wanting to learn more? Maybe they're veterans who feel like they've learned it all, or maybe they're new teachers who feel so darn overwhelmed they can't even take it. Or maybe they're just folks whose personality is a nine to five clock in and clock out, and they're not interested in all the bells and whistles. And that's fine. You're going to find them at every school. However, the way in which we set up and offer support to teachers all has all comes down to the message and the way that we share it. And so this might be a great reflection time for you to say, what do I need to do differently to get these teachers excited? How can I present these learning opportunities differently so that they don't view them as a passive event that you show up and you sit and you listen? That is actually something that they are in the driver's seat, that they bring the materials, that they are all over the floor with the post-its and the pens, and that they are hands-on in it to make the learning work for them. And it's going to be a shift and it could take time but it starts with us. And if we're always doing it the way we've always done it, we're going to get the same reaction. So think about what do we need to do to bridge that gap for those folks? And how can we help set up these opportunities so it actually translates to learning for adults and kids? So with that, Marnie, welcome to the stage. Do you want to share or ask a question? Thanks, Gretchen. Uh, great room so far. Um, I appreciate you bringing me up. And I have both a share and a question. My first is one of the things, a share, one of the things that my school tried pre-COVID was once a month we tried to, um, we have PD for 90 minutes every week. And once a month, we tried to split that PD into an ed camp. So half of the PD would be dedicated to an ed camp style training where teachers, there might be five or six choices facilitated by other teachers, and teachers would pick one to go to. And then hopefully they'd be applying that and utilizing that in what they're doing. Um, COVID, of course, changed everything for everyone. So now we're very much in the same boat as many trying to maximize PD without putting more on teachers' plates. So I like this concept of the bite size um, PD, the 15-minute huddles, uh, integrating the PLC with PD. Um, and my question that I'd love to hear your insight and anyone else's is I've been hearing a lot about the term potty PD. And from Alice Keeler's definition and many other people, basically it's almost like, it sounds like creating some sort of infographic or just an eight and a half by 11 one pager and putting it up in staff bathrooms. So it becomes kind of passive learning for teachers. And there's a part of me that absolutely loves this idea. And I already have 10 different infographics kind of percolating in my brain as one pagers that I could create. And then there's a part of me that is wondering if we're invading on, like if we're crossing the line by doing that, 
because while I am a PD junkie, as I've been called, I did a day-long workshop yesterday on educator therapy. This is my second clubhouse room for the day. I, I'm not sure if that would be something that most teachers would see as, hey, this is great. If I'm in here, I can look at it and learn something, or they can just ignore it, or if it would be, I don't know, just curious as other people's takes on it. Thank you for letting me speak. <laughs> I'm giggling because it is kind of silly. Uh, however, I'm going to tell you it works. And here's why it works. It originated from the fact that teachers beg principals to just put it in an email. But guess what happens? Teachers get a lot of emails. They don't read them or they at least don't read them in the time they're supposed to read them. And then they're asking people things that have been answered in the email. And so principals thought to themselves, well, how can I share information and make sure that you read it? So they would start printing it and putting it in the mailbox room or on the copier. And some instructional coaches got together and they're like, this is actually a good idea because people are reading it. And maybe we could do something with PD. And the reason they're thinking that this might work is you're forced to be very clear and very succinct because you only have a piece of paper to work with. And so like you mentioned, an infographic helps because you don't have to describe a lot and it's very visual and people are interested and it draws them in and why the potty or it could be the copy machine or the mailbox room or wherever people go is that they have to stand in that room for a certain amount of time to wash their hands or whatever. And so if it's at eye level, wherever they might be, they're going to probably look at it. And then while they're looking at it, they're probably going to read it. And if it's short and sweet, like a teaching strategy with here's the background of it, here's what it might look like. Now here's some encouragement, go. Uh, they're probably going to give it a try. And it's funny to visit different bathrooms or different copy areas or wherever you put them up and get different strategies. It doesn't have to be the same one in every single bathroom, which then becomes this PD hunt and teachers are going around and snapshotting and taking selfies. Like, look, look at the one I learned today and how I'm going to do this. And it becomes fun. And that's what we want this to be. We want learning to be fun. Now, is it kind of an invasion of privacy? Yes. And is it kind of a little awkward? Maybe, well, then maybe you pick a different place than the bathroom and give teachers a moment in their day to just check out from their professional responsibilities. But the point is find a space where teachers are constantly walking and looking, maybe the cafeteria, um, maybe near a phone that they might be using or the intercom or what have you. And again, short and sweet strategy, and you can change them out as often as you feel is necessary. And this is a great opportunity for you to leverage the talent in your building. Ask each teacher through a, a Google survey or Google form to share one teaching tip or strategy that they have found helpful uh, recently. And then you gather them all and you can share them in, uh, in these little potty peas. And when you put their name on it, if they check the box that says, you know, yes, use my name, then now you're shouting out everyone who is doing great things in the building. This helps build that sense of community. When teachers are voting on teachers of the year, they actually have information to go on rather than it being a popularity contest and so on and so forth. So I think it's fun. 
I think it's a great way to force us to really be intentional with what we're picking, to be short and sweet, and to just have a little fun with it. Kim, what do you think? I like the intentionality around it. My school, we have so many different bathrooms, so I'm not sure where we would put it at, but I would definitely like put it in the um, room where the copies are made, maybe by the clock where they check in because they, they come to the front office a lot. So I think it's really good. I'm not sure if it's it would really be intrusive coming into the bathroom. I wouldn't see an issue with it. It was something very similar to that when I was in college. They had all the things in the bathroom. So I think it's a great idea. And I mean, I think it also creates that buy-in. And like you said, that sense of community. So I think it's definitely something worth trying, at least. So Marnie, you get our blessing. I want you to come back next time and tell us that you ran with it. And it was a huge success. I will do that. And I love the idea of serving the teachers. And, and I mean, I love when teachers have tips that they can share. I can take their tip, poster it up and share it out. I will definitely report back. Give me a couple weeks. We got a lot of COVID stuff going on, but I will be back to report. Thank you both. You are so welcome. Uh, one other tip, if any of you in the audience are thinking about doing PD on a piece of paper, is some sort of funny quote or a meme or a joke. Uh, it's just some, another way to make it fun. And it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. They always look for something silly you've put in them or some sort of theme or, or whatever. So you can get really creative. And in terms of the prep behind it, it doesn't take a lot of time if you keep the format the same. And if you already have other folks suggesting things that cuts down the time you're researching all these strategies. But of course you can get an arsenal going of at least three to five where you're ready to rock that it's at least aligned to what you're working on as a school. But you know, don't be afraid to just have a little fun. I was All right, gonna, Kim, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, too, I remember last year my principal did a newsletter or a news blast and we had to read it. And then when you got to the bottom of it, you had to, um, I think, tell what the date was or the birthday. It was something funny that we had to like answer to. And so when I eat, you have to email it back to him. So when I emailed it back to him, then um, I ended up getting like a $25 gift card because he said most people didn't even read it all the way through. And so, you know, I think that that was like really cool too, to get that gift card. <laughs> when I was teaching, I would make a really long assignment. And at the bottom, I'd say, just put your name on this, turn it back in, you get 100 because kids wouldn't read directions, you know, but it's kind of the same thing with teachers is you put something silly like mm -hmm. that in a newsletter or, or whatever, and they've got to find it. Uh, okay, so getting back on track with alternatives, we behind the scenes, we're kind of talking about teachers really just want time to work. And so how can we create professional development options where there's actually work time? So we know we have to deliver an idea or strategy. We know we need planning time so that they can actually think about how this would fit into the way that they're instructing right now. And then we know we need some sort of practice. And if you could do multiple rounds of practice, that's even better. And so make sure when you're thinking of how you can take some of these options that you really validate the time that teachers want to actually work on their craft and to get better and that they just want to sometimes get stuff done. 
so maybe you can offer, if you have office hours as a coach, if you don't, you should think about doing that where you hang around for like 30 to 45 to 60 minutes on a specific day and time, and they can just pop in with questions. They can jump into a quick practice session with you. You can read over a lesson plan, whatever it is. It's just open, uh, no appointments necessary, really casual. You can have some candy out or some refreshments. Um, folks love it. it and it just builds camaraderie again. But that might be an opportunity where you alternate. Maybe you do office hours one week and the next week you have this teacher work time and you say, I'm giving you my office and all the resources in it if you need. And you can come in here and you can prep and you can practice and you can work and I'll facilitate however it happens. But sometimes teachers can get so um, loaded down in their classroom, or it's hard for them to not get sucked into the gossip in the hallway. And it's an escape. And it's like, hey, we're all coming together to have study hall like you did in high school and maybe in college. And teachers really appreciate the opportunity to get work done, maybe silently, but in a community of people and a safe place. And if you bribe them with snacks, they usually show up. So that might be another opportunity to validate what they're asking for, which is work time, but also sneak in a few strategies as you're leaning and listening to what they might be planning for the upcoming week. I also wanted to mention, which I should have started with this one, if you could be an advocate and go to your admin team and say, what can we put on pause? Can you get permission from the district or the state to pause something that we are doing? What do we have control to say? No, it's too much. It's not necessary. Uh, it's not aligned with what we're doing. It's not translating to the growth we need at the moment. We need to cut the fat, slim things down and really focus on the essentials because of the lack of staff and students kind of coming and going based on quarantine and whatever else we're facing. And so if you haven't already done that, you might feel like they're going to tell you no, but it is great to just say, hey, you've probably been asked this a million times or maybe I've asked you a million times, but are you sure there is nothing that we're asking of teachers that can stop? for a season, for a month, for a week, just can we cut them some slack? And sometimes just you going to bat for teachers really encourages them to show up another day to give it their all and is just really encouraging. And the other thing I wanted to mention, which we hadn't talked about yet, is there are teachers who don't feel like they want to do a micro PD. They might want something more. They might really love learning. They might be one of those nerds, like many of us in the room, who's like, give me all the books or give me all the practice sessions or find me a mentor. I don't care. I'll make it work. And so let's not forget that as we're trying to make it simpler and less for the majority of teachers, there are still those folks in our buildings who want more. And why do we have to make them calm down and pull back if they're wanting more. So this forces you to get to know your staff. What are their learning styles? What are their needs right now? What can they handle? And do you have some folks that are yearning to learn? And if so, you could do PD in a box or something similar where you have this little group that comes together. Maybe it's a book study. Maybe it's a different strategy where you're delivering additional opportunities and it's totally volunteer. And if they decide to start and stop, that's up to them. But this is essential that we 
don't force someone to stop the learning if they truly want to continue to learn and grow. So with that, Kim, what else would you like to share? I was actually going to share that um, a similar thing. I was thinking like of a quarter long course where the teachers kind of do exactly what you said. Like they may um, work with like a, a teacher in the school who's like an expert, maybe in classroom management or um, data analysis. And they use that time, you know, maybe meet once a week on whatever that is and just, you know, thinking through ideas with that and getting better. So I was I was definitely thinking about a similar thing with you. And then also um, maybe doing like three to five minute videos on some type of new initiative or whatever, you know, whatever the learning is. And the teachers kind of, um, you know, work maybe in a group and give like accountability, give them like accountability questions. It's just something similar like that. Great. I think we've had a lot of things to think about tonight. I don't think there's one option that's going to be better than the other. I think the point of our discussion tonight is to say, is what we're doing working? Are teachers finding it valuable? Are we seeing it translate in the classroom? Are students achieving higher uh, than ever before because of these? And if our answer is no, then now is the time to shake it up, to think differently, to offer these new opportunities, to set it up as an exciting opportunity to get more buy-in by involving other stakeholders. Teachers are stakeholders, by the way, making sure that they have some leadership in the process. And so hopefully you've learned a few things tonight and that you're able to create your own version. And if you have something successful happen, we would love for you to come back and tell us about it so we can continue sharing and learning and growing together. As we all know, professional development is really important to ensure we are always using best practices, we're staying up to date with what's current in our field, but most of all that we learn and grow. And if it's not working, then what's the point? Um, I wanna give a shout out to my co-mod Kim, who was a little nervous coming on tonight, but you did great. And I am so glad that you are here to share your ideas. Can you tell everyone how to connect with you? Yes, I am um, on Instagram, educator1920, uh, underscore 1920. And I'm on Twitter and I'm at Kids. Thank you. And I didn't get to say hi to Agnes. I'm sorry about that. Uh, yes, guys, we are here Sundays at 8 Eastern talking all things instructional coaching. Make sure you follow the little greenhouse at the top so you know when we have new rooms and we will see you next week. Go be great. All right, Elite Educators, I hope you found value in that Clubhouse chat. All resources mentioned will be in the show notes. Just visit www.alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, and find this bonus episode. Wishing you an empowered school year. Go be great.